Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. I'd have Falcoholic Kevin here at the official start of training camp week. We have made it, folks. We are here. We're just days away from the Falcons opening training camp in Flowery Branch. Players report on Tuesday. I believe the first practice is on Wednesday and the first public practice is on Thursday. So we are just about there. We made it through the dead zone, guys. Congratulations. Appreciate everyone who's been following along and hanging out throughout the whole process. And we got one final pre-training camp show for you guys here on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast as I will be delivering my pre-training camp Falcons 53-man roster projection. I did one of these right after the draft and... Not a lot changed in June. Some years I've done one in June when there's been some like significant moves. Not like a lot happened. So I decided to wait until training camp this year. Uh, but from now on, we'll be getting one of these basically every single week. Uh, starting with right before the first preseason game. And then so on and so forth. All the way up until right before final cuts. You'll get used to seeing these uh, as we sort of track the changes and player movements throughout training camp. And these are a lot of fun, always, for the roster nerds out there. It, I'll give you some insight into how I'm looking at the roster math and which position groups have X amount of players and so on and so forth. This is always one of my favorite exercises to do. Uh, it gets to scratch that internet GM itch. So really excited to get into this today. Uh, before we do, want to bring you guys a message from our sponsors. First of all, betonline.ag, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You can get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Perhaps you're feeling good about some futures bets or you're interested in getting into the degeneracy, which is preseason sports betting. No matter what you want to do, though, folks, BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. BetOnline is the fastest, fastest, wow, fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, just like the uh, network that we're on, BELIEVE, and you put that code in and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We also are back with Blue Chew this week. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, I know it can be awkward, but let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. 
Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. <laughs> We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code BUCKET. That's B-U-C-K-E-T. At checkout, just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code bucket to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth once again for sponsoring the podcast. So, guys, before we dive in to this 53-man roster projection, do want to remind folks about our training camp fundraiser. It's going on right now, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. All donations this month are going to that fund. We appreciate it. Check out our Patreon and all that other good stuff as well. Uh, if you prefer Venmo, you can do that on my Twitter. It's at falcoholicKevin. And I do, of course, want to remind folks about our very exciting event uh, we'll be hosting our first Falcons fan gathering and live show at Sweetwater Brewing Company in Atlanta on July 28th. That's Friday at 6 p.m. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be joined by Adnan Ikic, Will McFadden, Gina Kelly, uh, perhaps some other secret guests as well. We'll see how what, what happens over the next couple days, but uh, we hope to see you guys there. So if you're interested, hit, hit us up there. Uh, there's a Facebook event for it. There's also some tweets and stuff if you're wanting to let us know that you're coming. And it's going to have a special as well from Sweetwater. It'll be 10% off food and drink. And I know for a fact they've got a lot of great local craft brews on tap there. So don't want to miss that. We hope to see you guys there as well. So let's dive in to one of the nerdiest articles we do every single year. And that is the 53-man roster projection. Now, remember, folks, typically you keep three special teamers. So that leaves... 50 spots for the offense and defense and I'm planning and right now we're still going to do a 25-25 split some teams do 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 26-24 uh, especially if you have injuries you know sometimes you have to carry extra of one position or another but for now we're going to stick with 25-25 and see if anything changes over the course of camp uh, starting with quarterback still going with two here for now with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke no changes going into training camp. Um, obviously, Desmond Ritter is the unquestioned starter. Doesn't seem likely to change at this point. Taylor Heineke is a quality backup, right? Provides that solid starting play if needed. But the ceiling is sort of just well known with Heineke at this stage. It, it just You know what you're getting. It's going to be a guy that's probably going to get you to 500. And, and that's valuable if you need someone to carry you for a few games and not have the bottom fall out of your team. But I think we know that the ceiling of the team is, is not going to be good enough with Heineke. And that's why he's a high paid backup, but still an NFL backup. The big question really with this group is whether the, whether or not the team decides to like carry Logan Woodside on the 53-man roster. We do have that new third quarterback rule. I don't know how eager the Falcons or other teams will be to carry that third quarterback if they weren't already planning to do it. Uh, the Falcons have carried a third quarterback at times under Arthur Smith. Sometimes they have, most of the time I would say they've gone with just two. So 
it's really an open question, but considering the team likes to have a lot of tight ends and they, they probably would rather keep extra offensive linemen that are going to play. I'm, I'm not necessarily convinced that they're going to keep a third quarterback at this stage, but that is a consideration because that, that rule does essentially give you that free active player on game day. They can only play in case of injury, but we've seen how that third quarterback can completely you know if you don't have that quarterback it completely derails your team to the point where your offense is just no longer functional so you know that could be more of a consideration later in the season or when you get into training camp or that sort of or not training camp uh the playoffs at, the, at that point teams may be more concerned with keeping that third quarterback uh on the roster for those emergencies for the regular season games i don't know how big of a deal the falcons will find it so we'll see uh how that goes moving on to the next position group it's going to be running back, and we're still keeping four here. I feel pretty comfortable with them keeping four running backs. But with Avery Williams going on injured reserve and Caleb Huntley almost certainly beginning training camp on the PUP, which is the physically unable to perform list, there's really a, a huge vacancy with the fourth running back now where the Falcons actually only have four running backs that are healthy, period. Um, they've got... Bijan Robinson, obviously, who's going to be the starter, and Cordero Patterson, uh, Tyler Algier, obviously going to play a major role as well. I would think that Bijan's probably going to get 15 or more touches a game. Algier's probably going to get 10 or more. Patterson's going to be that sort of sprinkled in guy. Maybe he gets more snaps as a receiver. We'll see. But really, like, those, those top three are pretty much set, and they have been for a long time, but Right now, as it stands, there's an incredible opportunity for UDFA Carlos Washington Jr. to make this 53-man roster. He's technically unopposed at this point. I mean, that does suggest that the team has quite a bit of confidence in him as they haven't, like, rushed out to sign anybody else. But we're going to see at least one more running back signed after Caleb Huntley's put on the PUP list. Maybe even two, because unless you're planning to give Washington and that other running back all of the carries in the preseason just to split between those two guys, you know, you need guys to take carries in the preseason. So you guys have heard me talk about this on some of the other shows, but I really like Dontrell Hilliard, who was most recently with the Titans, Justin Jackson, most recently with the Lions, both players that I think would fit in really well as a, as a depth running back that could step in if needed. There's plenty of running backs out there on the market, so they don't necessarily have to rush out to get someone. But I do think before training camp, kicks off or at least before the first preseason game we're gonna see at least one running back added to this roster uh but right now carlos washington jr uh has the best chance of any udfa by far to make the roster just because he's, he's unopposed but um i haven't seen anything of him yet we'll see how he looks in training camp maybe he really is that good this team does of course have that history with caleb huntley of of basically finding running backs uh as as udfas and, and turning them into contributors Fullback, pretty simple, right? Just one guy here, Keith Smith. I, I still think he's the heavy favorite to win the job because he's a great special teamer. The Falcons and coordinator Marquise Williams clearly value that a lot, that special teams unit. You know, I think this team knows they're probably still going to be in a lot of one-score games this year, and the special teams' plays can make all the difference in sealing those wins or turning those into losses. So that being said, I, I do think, Clint Rakovich is probably the most intriguing, interesting, talented fullback they've brought in to compete with Keith Smith thus far. Um, but I think he would have to prove himself to some extent on special teams to to earn the job. And, you know, again, Rakovich is more of that, like, weapon-type fullback, like, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Juszczyk, 
Pat DeMarco. He's not as good of a blocker as Smith historically, but if he's worked on that a lot and gotten better in that area, I think he is a guy that could really be uh, an impactful fullback in the NFL. I just haven't been able to see him at this point. So we will see how he looks in training camp. And I, I do think he's got the best chance of anyone, you know, John Rain, the other guys they brought in over the last couple of years to, to displace Keith Smith. But Keith Smith's been the fullback for a long time for a reason. Um, moving on to tight end. No reason to change anything here yet. Obviously, the first three guys, Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, and Parker Hesse are roster locks. There's not really much to say about that. They're, they're all guys that have key and clear roles on this team. The battle is going to be at tight end four, uh, where we've got 2022 seventh rounder John Fitzpatrick, former UDFA's Felipe Franks and Tucker Fisk in there as well. You know, I, I think the team wants to let these guys sort of prove it and, and see if they can make their case for the roster. But I, I also wouldn't be shocked if we see a veteran brought in. Like, I, I think Michael Pruitt's probably on speed dial. I, I honestly would probably have just brought him back, but... I think they really like John Fitzpatrick in particular, and I think they they view him as a guy that is probably going to give them better blocking than Michael Pruitt. He's got the size that Pruitt doesn't have. That's really the one knock on Pruitt is that he's sort of that wide receiver, like height and arm length in like a tight end's body, like like thick, really thick wide receiver essentially. But he's a really good blocker. So if John Fitzpatrick can prove that he's a much better blocker and a, and a capable enough receiver. He's going to be cheaper, and he's a lot younger with Pruitt getting up into his early 30s. But, you know, I think Pruitt had a great connection with Desmond Ritter. So if Fitzpatrick falters or these other guys aren't really impressing, I, I think we'll see Pruitt come back. And, um, you know, I would I would be happy to have him back. I thought he did a great job last year when, when called upon, and I think he's a good player. So wouldn't be upset at all to see Pruitt return. Moving on to wide receiver. Again, it's like this one is, is pretty, I think, pretty set the first four. We'll see how entrenched these guys really are uh but the first three i think are entirely locked up except i mean maybe scotty miller has someone displace him if if one of these like a zay malone really stands out i do really like zay malone so i think there's a chance but drake lennon and matt collins probably 100 percent set honestly Kaderil hodge uh has a really really good claim to that fourth spot because of his special teams ability i mean he was one of these best special teams players in the nfl last year i think he had nine special teams tackles uh and he's just a good do-it-all receiver that he's not like a, a needle mover but he's capable of playing outside playing the slot wherever you need him and he's just a good depth option there so really i think the fifth spot possibly sixth spot if they do keep an, uh, an extra receiver that's completely wide open and it's it's fun to discuss and, and I'm really excited to see how this shakes out. Honestly, I, I think I, I've changed my prediction to to Josh Ali. He seems to be the one that's generated the most buzz in the offseason workouts. We'll see if that translates during training camp, but he does have some ability to return. He does have uh, a good connection with Desmond Ritter because they played on the scout team together when Ali was on the practice squad last season. Um, and even ESPN's Michael Rothstein, uh, called him Atlanta's surprise offseason standout. Uh, you know, he was, Ali, I think suffered a knee injury late in the draft process in 2022. And I think the chemistry is clearly there. Uh, so he, he did average, I think 14.8 yards per punt return in college as well. And got a punt return touchdown really peaked that last season, even though he didn't return a ton of punts. So he's got he's got to beat out Mike Hughes and Penny Hart to actually win 
that job and, and Zay Malone could be in that mix too. But obviously if he wins punt returner, that's a ticket to the roster as well. So Josh Lee, I think I'm moving him into the favorite spot there, but I think there's a lot of opportunity for the aforementioned Penny Hart if he wins that return job or Zay Malone if he really impresses. And then they brought in a bunch of other guys too. Uh, Chris Blair recently, JJ Ortega-Whiteside. So there's a number of guys here that all have a shot. It's pretty wide open. So we'll see, you know, Frank Darby, I didn't even mention. Um, so that there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are going to be fighting over maybe one maybe two spots. Uh, so it's going to be a really tough battle. We'll probably see two to three of them stick on the practice squad as well. But initially, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough, tough battle for that spot. So hopefully that competition, you know, creates a really better than expected fifth wide receiver for this team. And it's not just a bunch of guys who all are kind of, eh, that, that would be the hope, right? Um, moving on to offensive line. No changes to my starting predictions at this point. We haven't seen anything to make me shift. Matt Hennessy allegedly is still first team heading into training camp. That's not surprising, but I do think by the, by the time week one rolls around that Matthew Bergeron will be the left guard. I have to think the team would probably be disappointed if he didn't win that battle, but I think Matt Hennessy also has improved and I wouldn't really count him out necessarily, but either way, I think Matt Hennessy's spot is safe because of his ability to play center and guard. Um, so I, I, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting battles to watch. Probably the most interesting offensive line battle, without a doubt. Um, we did see the team make the decision to move on from Jermaine Effetti, who I had sort of penciled in as the swing tackle. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get the story there, but there's a lot of question marks now at swing tackle. I still think that Josh Miles, the veteran, is the the favorite. He hasn't played a ton, but I think when he has played, he's been average, which is nothing to shake a stick at for your swing tackle in the NFL. If you're playing like an average starter, that's not bad at all. Um, behind him, I tend to think they will keep two tackle or at least two tackle types that can play tackle in a pinch. Um, so I, at this point, you know, I, I think we're looking at a couple of guys competing for that, right? I mean, Barry Wesley, Tyler Vrabel. Uh, I do think it's probably going to be Ethan Greenidge at this point. I, I don't really have anything else to go on other than my gut. Uh, but I do think his, Time with the Saints. He's been in several training camps. I think he was a guy that actually made the Saints roster and, and unfortunately got hurt before he was able to see the field. But he has NFL experience. He could play tackle and guard. I think that will help him stick on this roster. And I, I think he's an intriguing guy as well. So that is the 25 offensive players. We will move on now to the defense, starting with edge. So I'm going to be going with six edge rushers once again. And this math, you can sort of fudge it however you want. Like if you want to say Calais Campbell's technically an interior guy, you can. I, I think he's going to play most of the snaps at edge. That's why I have him listed here. But we'll see how this shakes out in terms of where guys actually line up. But I think at this point, I, I, I sort of see them having to keep six edge rushers because there's just, who do you cut? Uh, I don't think you cut any of these guys. So no changes to the guys I initially predicted here. You know, like I said, the question is, are they actually willing to keep six edge rushers? And I think there are ways to do it. So, and I think that, you know, part of it is that two of these guys offer position flexibility. Campbell, like I said, probably could place them on the interior. Lorenzo Carter can maybe place them at linebacker. I talked on, on the linebacker episode last week about D'Angelo Malone possibly getting cross-trained at linebacker. Aaron Freeman originally brought this up that Caden Ellis, the, the Falcons veteran addition at linebacker, he was originally an edge, like an undersized edge rusher that converted to off-ball linebacker when he got to, when he got to New Orleans. 
And now going into that same defensive scheme with Brian Nielsen, having a guy like Caden Ellis here could be a good mentor for him. The Falcons are clearly looking for that type of linebacker that can rush the passer too. So maybe Malone could be a good backup for that sort of role, can play some edge, can play some linebacker. There hasn't been any official rumblings that that's going to happen. That's just an idea. So maybe if you've got Carter and Malone who can pitch in at linebacker, that can allow you to sort of change your roster math a little bit and keep that extra edge rusher out there. But we'll have to see how that shakes out. Um, because right now, unless they're willing to cut someone with guaranteed money, you know, Dupree and Carter both have, I think, over $2 million guaranteed, or a highly drafted young player like D'Angelo Malone or Zach Harrison, I mean, they have to sort of keep these guys. Like, the, that, the other option is to cut them. So they're not going to last on the market, I'll tell you that. So uh, I think they sort of have to keep that six. And I, I like it. I, I think... They'll probably be, you know, game day inactives in this group, probably one or two at least. But that depth is really valuable over the course of a season, especially when you're a team that's struggled to generate pass rush. I think you you need that depth. You need to keep these guys fresh. You need to have options that aren't practice squad players if, if one of your guys gets hurt. Um, now moving on to the interior. This is where I did shed a player. You know, I had originally had the team keeping six edge rushers and five interior defensive linemen. So I think I think they probably are only going to keep 10 defensive linemen. I, I just think it's hard to keep more than that with the math elsewhere on the roster, particularly when you're looking for like special teams players. So I had to I had to say goodbye to Joe Gaziano. I I really like him. I think his fit is really good here. I'd really like to find a way to keep him and maybe the way to do that is like I said, maybe you you label D'Angelo Malone as a linebacker and he sticks as the last linebacker. Um, and then now you can keep an extra defensive lineman, you know, maybe you can work something out like that to do that. But otherwise I think it's, it's tough to keep a fifth interior guy. If you're keeping that many edge rushers, especially when one of them in Clay's Campbell can play on the interior if needed. So I think the top three here, Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, uh, Taquan Graham, Eddie Goldman, they're all roster locks. The nose tackle job is the one that's sort of completely up for grabs. Eddie Goldman have to think is the heavy favorite if he's healthy and ready to go but that's a big question mark the team to the point where the team has now brought in two other competitors for nose tackle with last year's udfa timmy horn and veteran carlos davis to to challenge him and push him so this is one of those where it's like eddie goldman will probably either like stick through the preseason and then it's like okay he's probably gonna win the job or like he'll just be unceremoniously cut in the next couple weeks and then then we'll have our answer like is he wasn't ready to go so We'll have to see, but they, they liked Eddie Goldman enough to, to keep him this long and, and to give him a chance to get back in playing shape, and, and we'll see. But Eddie Goldman has is very talented. He, he's played at a very high level in the NFL before, but even if he's just sort of an average NFL nose tackle, that's not bad. He's not like he's making a lot of money. He's the most experienced. Um, I'd be happy to have him, certainly. Um, so that's the interior group. Moving on to linebacker this is where i have the change uh we're gonna see the fact of keeping a fifth linebacker here and part of that's just because i i I think ultimately you need that special teams player especially with the team only keeping four safeties you just need another core special teams guy typically those guys are linebackers or safeties and i think that they need that they've brought in enough special teams focused linebackers that i think they're planning to keep a fifth guy for special teams work so that's that's where i have that uh, I'm pretty confident, obviously, Caden Ellis, Troy Anderson as your starters. You know, I, Michael Walker as the third linebacker, that's more open, but I, I think 
he's more likely to be the the guy. They haven't really brought in any other like veterans with starting experience. So it seems like they're penciling in Michael Walker to be that primary depth piece rotational guy. We know he's a good coverage player. Um, the only question is like, are they interested in reclaiming that 2.7 million if they were to release him? You know, that's the bigger question mark, but I, I don't think they need the money. So they're not really going to feel pressured to do that unless somebody else just outplays him uh, at this point. And then I've got some changes here with the guys I'm predicting. Uh, Dorian Etheridge seems to be fully healthy. He's been making plays and turning heads throughout the offseason program. So I'm I'm bumping him up above Nate Landman. Um, and then, like I said, I think that the Falcons br- brought in these special teams focused guys because they want those special teams guys out there. So, you know, Andre Smith Jr. and Tay Davis, I think they're, they're fairly similar. They're both really good special teamers. Smith Jr. is more of like a coverage focused linebacker. I think his run defense has been pretty bad. Whereas I think Tay Davis is a little bit more well-rounded, not really at, like, I think Andre Smith Jr. is actually a good coverage linebacker. Whereas Tay Davis is, is sort of just mediocre in terms of his defensive play. So I, I think you lean towards keeping the specialists. They're both good special teams players like Andre Smith. You know, maybe you can make him a sub package linebacker or utilize him in that way. But it's possible they do value that run stuffing more. So maybe they go for Tay Davis. Um, but right now I, I'm leaning towards Etheridge and, and Smith Jr. winning those last uh, two spots. And, and the Falcons going towards the five linebackers. But maybe, like I said, D'Angelo Malone gets that conversion to linebacker or starts playing more snaps off ball. He takes one of these spots and then throws the math off completely. So we'll see <laughs> how that shakes out. Um, at cornerback, still keeping six here, but we do have a little change at the bottom. So no changes to most of these predictions. I, I do think the signing of Trey Flowers shuffled things a little bit. Um so AJ Terrell, Jeff Okuda, D. Alford, I think right now I have slotted in as the, the starters, and that's a change. I think I think Alford right now is the favorite over my cues. So I, I do I did lift Alford up in the rankings as a result. But I, I do think that somehow Mike Hughes is like safer because of all of his guaranteed money and he's on a two-year deal. So like you know, that take that with what it is. But I think D. Alford's probably your slot at this point. Then we have rookie Clark Hopes the third, and like I said, Trey Flowers as the sixth corner. But no matter what, like the Falcons are going to have to make some really tough decisions here. We're likely to see at least one of D. Alford, Darren Haller, or Trey Flowers cut at this point. I mean, given off, like I said, given Alford's status as the favorite for the slot, he seems pretty safe. I do think Flowers' ability as like sort of that unique matchup cornerback against receiving tight ends helps him carve out that role. He's also a really, really good special teams player. And we know, again, how much the Falcons value that. So that does make things pretty tricky for Darren Hall, who hasn't really played a lot of special teams. He's more than deserving of a depth role. I think he's actually a fairly good corner um, and, and even has some low-end starting potential. But I think he, he has he could be the odd man out here just given how the, the team has sort of structured this room with all the guys they brought in, you know, it, there may not be a spot for Darren Hall and he's not going to stick on the practice squad. So I don't think it's necessarily an indictment of Darren Hall's skills, but he would have to prove himself, I think, on special teams to beat out Trey Flowers for this final spot. I won't say that he can't do it. I'm just interested in seeing if he, if he can do that. Um, but I also think Trey Flowers, like I said, his ability to be a matchup specialist against tight ends, where he's actually quite good, definitely helps him. He's very not good at covering receivers, uh, so there's there's that. He needs to play more of like a safety role if he's not going to be covering a tight end. But, um, you know, 
they did bring in flowers so i, I do think that he's got a shot here and I, I like his specialist ability but we'll see how that shakes out it's definitely an interesting one to watch and we're going to be saying goodbye to at least one good player in this room which is honestly is a good problem to have uh then we move to safety where i've got no changes jesse bates the third richie grant jalen hawkins and demarco hellums uh the big question is, like, do the Falcons elect to carry a fifth safety? Do Micah Abernathy, who was getting some reps with the starters early in the offseason, or XFL standout Lucas Dennis, maybe they show a little bit more in camp than the fifth linebacker or the sixth cornerbacker or what have you? At this stage, I sort of see four as the most likely outcome, but... You know, they could shuffle the bat a little bit. They could maybe they 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 list Trey Flowers as a safety and and you know carry an extra corner or they shed a linebacker or whatever it is. But uh, at this point, I, I think they keep these four and I, I think this fours it's gonna be tough to displace anyone in this group. You know, unless Helms doesn't show out. He he is a draft pick. It's only a seventh rounder, but I tend to think that he he brings physicality to this group that none of the other players really have so i think he'll find a way onto the field uh for that role like his as as sort of the enforcer but again we'll see i do like lucas dennis a lot i think he has potential to sort of surprise and make the roster but um we'll see we'll see so that's the 50 now we move on to special teams for the last three spots on the roster and there's not really a lot to talk about here uh, kicker, Youngway Koo, punter, Bradley Pinion, and long snapper, Liam McCullough, the Highlander. Um, I know some people were having like questions about why the team give a two-year deal to, to UDFA kicker Matthew Trickett. I mean, it's a little bit odd, but it, it's not meaningful, I don't think. I think they were just trying to give him a little bit of extra signing bonus to convince him to come in and kick for them in camp, maybe convince him to stick around on the practice squad. Maybe they just like to have mats on the roster. You know, that's that could be a holdover from the previous regime, right? You know, they just need they just need a mat in the wings uh, at kicker just to make them feel comfortable. So I wouldn't rule that out either. <laughs> but I'm also briefly going to touch on returner just because I think it's an interesting battle. This these guys have already been counted like as roster players. Uh, obviously, Coral Patterson at kick returner, and then at punt returner, I'm still going with Mike Hughes here. Uh, you know, I, I think that. We've got a number of guys competing. Like I said, Mike Hughes, Penny Hart, Josh Lee, Zay Malone, and Scotty Miller. But I think Hughes has the most potential of anyone in this group. He was an elite returner in college. Hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities to do so in the NFL when he was expected to basically be a starter. Um, but I do think he's he's got that potential. And I think he he could really surprise and, and take that job by storm. If he doesn't, there's, you know, Hart, Ali, Zay Malone, whoever. There's guys that are going to be chomping at the bit to get uh, to get in there, get that, that job. So that's the 53 man roster folks. I hope, uh, this was informative for you. And like I said, this is mostly off vibes, right? <laughs> because we haven't seen these guys practice. Um, you know, I don't live in Atlanta, so I haven't been to the, the couple of OTAs or, or mini camp sessions that were public. And you can't really learn much from those anyway, because most of the veterans aren't there and they're not going full speed. There's no contact, whatever. So this is just a best guess, right, um, to give you guys an idea of who I think the early sort of favorites are based on stats and based on their history. But anything could happen at training camp. Um, and, I, and you know, if you're a Falcons UDFA or, or a young player that happened to be watching the show, you know, don't be discouraged by not being picked to make the roster in the pre-training camp projection. You have a great opportunity to do so. 
just do what you got to do. Get out there, prove yourself, because this regime, I think, has shown that they're very willing to give UDFA's spots on this roster. We saw it with Timmy Horn last year. We saw it with Nate Landman last year. D. Alford wasn't really a UDFA, per se, coming from the CFL. But they're willing to give you an opportunity, and you have a real chance to make this roster if you if you win the battle. Um, so I, I think, you know, don't look at these lists as like they're set in stone. Anybody can sort of jump up the list by playing well. And unfortunately, we're, we're going to see injuries. Um, hopefully none are serious, but that's the way things go. And, and you need to have good depth. So, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that have really good shots to get on the practice squad. And as we've seen also, that that's a path to the roster for this team over time. So really interesting roster, probably the most exciting training camp in recent memory for this team. And I'm really excited to get down to Flyer Branch and see these guys in person and hang out. And if you're going to be there as well, uh, definitely say hi at camp. I will be hanging out. Uh, like I said, if you're wanting to contribute to the training camp fundraiser as well, uh, streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic slash tip. Uh, definitely get involved on Patreon if you're interested in taking part in our patron fantasy leagues. Patreon.com slash falcoholic live. Those will be forming right here in the next couple of weeks. If you enjoyed the show, please do like it, subscribe. Really appreciate that. Leave a comment with any of your surprise roster uh, players, any guys that you think are going to surprise and make the roster. Maybe guys I didn't touch on, maybe guys I did touch on. Uh, and yeah, if you're listening to the podcast audio, be sure to leave that five-star review. Really appreciate that as well. Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. We hope to see everybody out at Sweetwater Brewing in Atlanta on July 28th, Friday at 6 p.m. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so we hope to see some folks there, too. Uh, and and it's finally here, guys. Real, real football. And can't wait. Uh, we're, we're so close. So tantalizingly close. So excited to get down there. Excited to see some real football and then bring you guys all that, that content that I know you're desperate for now after several months of basically nothing here in the NFL. So uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in to Dirty Birds and Brews. Today's episode was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Until next time, guys, have a great day.